Welcome down to another episode of Paddy Talks Golf. We've taken a couple of weeks sabbatical to actually play some golf ourselves, to enjoy the good weather. Um, But it's raining today, Uh, so uh, we're back on the podcast and we have been recording um, a few away in the last couple of weeks and really looking forward to to releasing them with you. The show as ever is presented by Seed Golf Balls. Check them out today. I'm getting another fresh installment of my C2s, my preference to play both in in Lynx and in Parkland. I play a lot of Lynx, so it suits me for that, the way I play the game. I just need a little bit of extra softness, and that does it for me. So check out cedargolf.com. Some class new products as well. Putting mat, gates, beautiful accessories. Check them out. Half Premium products, half the price. No-brainer, folks. This week's episode is with the champion. And North of Ireland champion Import Rush 2021. Without any further ado, it's Alex Maguire. So roll the intro there, Clet. Roll it, Clet. Thank you. We're talking about practice. Joe Bradley told us the production line was finished in Kerry. Well, Joe Bradley, what did he get at? Absolutely, yeah, for that. Well, it's officially started now. Alex McGuire, welcome to the show. How, how are things? Thank you very much for having me. Um, yeah, all good. Sitting out here in mornings and looking outside, and it is bucket and rain, so. I mean, <laughs> I'm in Nace now. It's, it's cleared up. It's, it's looking like a glorious afternoon. To be I fair. hope so, because I'm going to get some balls later on and get some practice on, but hopefully it's not too wet now I get out. How much practice do you put in every day? I wouldn't say I'm a big practicer, to be honest. I'd say I'd put probably maybe... I wouldn't know daily because I take my days off and I put time, spend time on the course. I'm a big guy on the course. I'd like, hit probably maybe an hour hour or two on the range just sort of getting fundamentals. And then once that's sort of sorted out, I'll do some, you know, like shot shaping and performance stuff on the range before I finish. And then I'll get it on the course for nine holes. So I'd say probably maybe two hours, I'd say, practice putting and then an hour putting, an hour short game, an hour long game, and then get on the course. Because I like, I like sort of seeing the ball move on the course, different holes and play for different tees. And, like, I'll hit seven irons instead of wedges off, like, different parts of the, different parts of the course. Um, but I wouldn't say I'm a mad range rat now. I haven't been for a while. I used to be. I used to be all, really? I, I, used to be all I did. And that's why I played off 10 for 10 years. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I sort of found that when I was about 16. I was like, I can practice all I want, but you got on a golf course, it's hard. You never find one thing. I think someone, I'm not sure who told me, but someone said to me, you will never, ever find a flat lie seven iron 185 shot on a golf course. Ever. Apart from apart from par three. So <laughs> you can practice it all you want, but once I sort of have my fundamentals down, I'm happy with how everything looks, then I can sort of take it out on the golf course and, and uh, take it from there. Absolutely. Alex McGuire, what was, what's your earliest memory of golf? Earliest memory? I'll tell you, there's a driving range, I'd say, no more than two minutes away from my house here. And my dad would bring me out. Now, this is before I even played golf. He, like My dad sort of dabbled and he sort of played with his mates and Betty Sound. He'd bring me down and I had these uh, Snoopy clubs. I'm not sure if anybody remembers these Snoopy clubs. A driver... I guess like a three wood, maybe like a six iron and a wedge or a putter or something. And there used to be the edge of like the bay and then there'd be stones for maybe 10 yards and then the grass would start. And my dad would just challenge me to get the ball past the stones. And it's the one thing that he says from like till today. He says, remember we go back there and he just, all I wanted to do was get the ball past the stones. And what, like if I got it past the stones, I would be delighted with myself. Hitting the 10 yards, like just back when I was six, hitting the 10 yards like would make my day um and then sort of my granddad had his his clubs in his uh in his house and every time i go visit him i'd just take out a club and sort of like wag it around or just hold it in my hand but i was i was sort of late to golf i didn't really pick it up until i was 11 properly now i was i'd really played when i was eight and it took a couple of years break and i was playing football 
um, and then probably took it up when I was probably 11, seriously. What do you mean by seriously? I mean, seriously as in You're like... 11. <laughs> I, well, yeah, I'm, I'm not like going to play the South of Ireland when I was 11. I mean, I like sort of got a set of golf clubs, like a full set, well, sort of maybe like nine, seven, five irons. These Masters clubs I used to buy at Halpenny. Um And then I'd go play junior competitions in Betty's Town and I would sort of maybe play the... We used to, in around sort of... Dublin and sort of uh, up to Betty Sound, I'd say we had the Ward League, so it was like us, Rogan Sound, Westminstown, and um, a couple of different clubs. We'd go around, and the juniors would go and play different clubs every week, and it would be a great thing to get yourself sort of as a 12 year old playing all these different clubs with your mates, going on a bus at like eight in the morning, getting home late at night, like go and have these skews and in different restaurants, like just sort of getting out, understanding how different courses play. Cause I played in Lynx course for, for two years and then go and play in a park land and realizing that if you hit a wedge, it's not going to run 15 feet, 20 feet. It's going to like stop stone dead. So, um, and then from maybe I say I was 13, I was played my first GUI event. I played in Royal Tara with, I tell you now, Josh McCabe and Josh Mack and two lads still playing. So I was play, played the, Leinster under 13 series so I think since then I would say quote unquote seriously I sort of started playing all these events um, but yeah so probably 12 or 13 and was there any other competing sports football soccer yeah I was big I was a big about soccer I say football but you say football yeah you're one of them I I'm a football. I was never a gal man. I played gal when I was a kid with my mates, but never took it seriously. And then I was big football. I played for the local team, Donna Kearney, and then made it onto yeah. the uh, ETP, the Emergent Talent Program in Indrahada. And sort of once I got to 14, I won um, like a national title for, for like an Irish under 14. So then once I sort of tasted that success in golf, I sort of like, right, well, look, I might have a chance of doing something in golf. And I like, from an early age, I sort of stopped playing football when I was 15 because I was missing training. I wasn't really feeling part of the team. Like we'd have matches on a Sunday or a Saturday or Sunday, depending on what year it was, what age we were. And we'd have monthly medals on Sundays. And I would, I would go play monthly medal instead of playing football. And so I decided I sort of take the backseat. I was, I was the central midfielder. I was the captain. I was sort of like the man when I was playing. When I was 14, I was the man that sort of like controlled it. And then once I started playing golf, I sort of stopped and said, look, it's better off for the team if I stop it and better off for me. Um, but yeah, until since I've been 15, it's just been pretty much golf all teams ahead. So what was the competitive event? I suppose you, you, you winning and you're still yeah. winning. You're still winning. So when did it become, <laughs> did, was there a time, and like it's not that long ago, you know, when you were like, you know, I'm going to, this is it career-wise. Not like I could be good at it, I could win a few things as a teenager. When when did it turn around and get, like, actually a bit more serious? Um, career-wise, I would say my under-16 year. So I, when I won the Irish under-14, it was like I was off seven, I shoot one under. It was like a shock that I won it. Like I was in the middle of the pack. I had to wait two, two hours for Oren McGuire to come in. He was a top dog at that time. For him to come in, I was like, I, was, I wasn't I was even expected to come top ten. So I won that, and then like my expectations jumped as a 14-year-old does. Like remember, I Lancaster coach, and they were like, what's your goals for next year? And I said, shoot under par like 10 times or something as a 15-year-old. And I like, I know it. I, my capabilities weren't that good yet so my under 15 year I sort of didn't play well and then I got a coach with Donald Scott and I worked to took TY off and I practiced a lot I didn't really go to school I was on the range for pretty much the whole of winter and then my under 16 year I came out and come seventh in the Munster under, under 16 I'm like right it's a good event and then I missed out on a playoff in the Leinster boys when I'm in Hedford and I'm like right okay I can sort of play this game now and then I came Seven, six, second in every under 16 event didn't get to manage to win win the order of merit under 16 and now like now as a 20 year old under 16 is I wouldn't say irrelevant but it doesn't really count when you're under 16 but that's when I sort of had that glimpse of hope like maybe I go to America I can make a living out of this because I feel like in Ireland at that stage I was one of the best in the country and then you sort of have these 
strong ambitions that okay maybe in the future I could be like Rory Shane all these like as a young kid those dreams about being on the PGA Tour winning majors I, I think going back to your question I'd say 16 was when I sort of had that inkling that maybe it could, it could be a career for me no deadly deadly so when did Florida come calling or did you call so, them because it depends. No, I, I actually, I actually <laughs> didn't call them. It was sort of, it was summer after my fifth year, so I was going into sixth year, and I had was the open put rush actually playing the British boys, and it was my first ORNA event. It was sort of my first. If it probably, to be honest, if it wasn't in Ireland, I probably wouldn't have got over and played it. It was just so happened that it was in Ireland, and was like, right, it's local, I'll go play it. Um. And I played up there, and I played Port Rush the first, Port Stewart the first day, and then Port Rush the second day. And my game plan was like, right, Port Stewart, I'm hitting two iron every single hole apart from maybe a couple of par fives. And I did that, and there was a couple of college coaches that were watching, and I was sort of ripping this two iron around, like the sort of the trajectory high, low, whatever the hole was sort of called for. I was just hitting two iron everywhere. And I shoot Evel Par there, and my coach at the moment, Ryan Jameson from FAU, was following me. I didn't, now, I didn't know at the time who he was. I didn't know sort of the college scene at all. I hadn't researched it. And the next day I go and play Port Rush, and I was at Level Par. So I was Level Par from the tournament through 27 holes. And then I think I went bogey, bogey, 10, 11, because he played 11 as a par four, played bogey 11. And then I stood on the 12th tee, and a couple of college coaches standing behind the tee, and I hit this drive, and I absolutely ripped down the fairway like a high draw, and I could sort of hear this, like, wow, from like, the coaches behind me. And that was the first time that coach sort of, well, I call him coach now, Ryan, had this interest in me. And I, I ended up doubling the hole, and then bogey the next, and bogey the next. I sort of, I ended, I ended up making the cut on the number. But I remember the, co- the coaches couldn't talk to us uh, as players at that at that time. I think they could talk to our parents. I think they made they could email us after the event. But I think he came up to my dad and said, "Whatever you, any college offers you, I'll try and match that because I guess he saw something in me that he wanted." So it was, I think that was August or September in 2018 and then I sort of went down the path of research in college and then ended up signing for them in the November in the November signing period and then went over and visited in December liked what I saw I mean like look down in Florida a little bit above Miami I mean the weather is sensational so I was sort of a fool I, now maybe you probably touch on this later on I was sort of wary of going over because you know as a 17 year old go leave him home go into the big bad world I was sort of scared and worried about like life on my own and having to deal with my own things but I said look how many lads in Ireland have this opportunity to go to America on a very good scholarship like if I, if I don't take this I'll regret it for the rest of my life at least I said look I go I hate it I'll come home if I, if I like it I'll stay but I said look I have to take this opportunity and I think it's one of the best decisions I've ever made so I'm happy I have uh, I've gone absolutely and I suppose my question on that would be what research did you do did you talk to anybody that was maybe over there already in America if not in Florida and how the fuck did you deal with the heat <laughs> Oh dear, the heat the heat's one thing, but I know Paul Dunn actually was was very good to me. Um him and my dad had got in contact, I think, when my dad I think my dad, maybe my dad reached out to him or Paul reached out to him because the coach in Alabama Alabama, Birmingham, where Paul Dunn had gone, was interested in me and I think he maybe reached out to Paul or some, something along those lines that Paul was contacted and he said to me, Look, you gave us the directions, what to do, what to research like you can get caught up in like what the college does and doesn't have where it is and where it isn't but he said look he's been through it he's obviously done really well with it he said these are the things you look out for these are the things you don't need to look out for and he said look Americans are spoofers Americans will sell you anything they have just to get you over so don't listen to everything they say listen to what they're leaving out or what they are saying in a different way so I sort of I took it, I researched, I guess, 
the like just being able to manage myself over there. I didn't quite research the team or the events or the strength of schedule or where we were going to play, who we were going to play against. I was sort of oblivious to that until I got over there. I, I still now all these conferences it's 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 quite tough to explain and even tough to understand but um but the team I didn't really research it was sort of managing myself over there as a young man does making sure that I was okay and I, the one thing <laughs> my mom was worried about when she my mom was sort of against going to America as I tell you know, she would be yes yeah, she she was terrified she was petrified of me going over and I, we had a zoom call with my coach and he was sort of like he said look write down 10 questions we'll get a zoom call and I'll answer whatever you can. And we got me and my dad and my mom wrote down ten questions. And the first question my mom wrote was, "What happens if you get shot?" And I was like, "Great question, what? great question." Oh, like I'm sure, like even if even if it was a, if a genuine question, what's he gonna say? Like you can't. He, he, he reassured that the security was great, and I said, "Has been great on campus." But she, that's the woman she is. She was petrified of her. You know, a little boy going over to America on her own, on his own. Um, what were you worried about? Are, what was on What was on your list? You know, what if I get the, shot uh, twice? What if I get shot twice? <laughs> <laughs> the, when I was very, uh, I was fairly immature when I was asked these questions. Like I was asked, "Who are you sponsored by? What clubs do you get? What can I get? What like? Yeah. How much gear do I get? All that sort of like the excitement and the the interest of the glamour and the glitz of like college golf and all that sort of stuff. I didn't ask probably maybe until the next year, I didn't ask probably genuine questions. Um, but a lot of my worries was like money wise, like how much is it going to cost me to do this? How much is it cost me to do that? Making sure like, now I hate asking my parents for money and they, they've backed me till I will, like they'll back me for anything I want. And I've been very grateful for them. But, like, it's just, it's a very weird experience when it's, it's about to happen. Like, the thought of going to America is great, but then once you sign paper and you go, right, in 10 months, I will not be here. I'm going to go to America. Like, when you know it's actually going to happen, the realization sets in. Like, I got quite worried and I got quite scared. And you I was, really started thinking about things, right? Yeah, I was like, I couldn't get my mind off. And I was like, my God, how is this going to work? Like, how am I going to do this? And... Obviously, your mind runs wild with runs wild with all these um, scary thoughts. But once I got over there, I absolutely enjoy it. Like I love that I settled in quite nicely with my teammates. Luckily, I've heard of people who have bad teammates and bad coaches. I've got quite lucky. I haven't had any many bad experiences with them, um, and that's a huge part of being in America. I think if you if you go over and you don't have a great teammate or you don't have a good team environment or team ethos or anything like that it's very hard to live over there because it can be uh it can be quite lonely at times when you're you're sort of with your team and it's a strange strange way to think of it but your teammates are sort of forced to be your your, your mates from the get-go like as a, as a college athlete you don't have much time to spend out so you don't have much time in your first couple of years to go party and are meeting friends now you can be I was sort of I'm friends with a lot of athletes I'm not very not much, not friends with many um, normal students as you'd say so the athletes are who I'd be hanging around with because we understand how our times are so busy and that once we get a little bit of time to hang out with each other we'll do that so if if you if you're nine lads who you're supposed to be friends with aren't friends with you you're clinging to straws and who you can be hanging out with, who you're going to go get food with. And it can be quite lonely. I know a couple of lads who have returned home because like their teammates haven't been that nice. And you can get that different colleges, having people from different sort of corners of the world coming over. And then you have to be sort of best friends with them, right? Even just get along with them. And if you can't do that, then I think that place isn't for you. Um, but uh, yeah, back to like, there's all these sort of scary thoughts with my brain. But once that, once I get over there, it was all resolved. Well, you've, you've a season in a bit under you. I, I, I still get sidelined by the, the terms of year in terms of sophomore. And we're in year, mm, we're going yeah. into year two, right? I'm going to year three. So I've already year done, three, yeah. I've, I've done, I started in 2019 and then I finished my, well, sophomore is my second year last year. So I'm going into my junior year, which is my third year now, in a couple of weeks. Of, of four. Well, ideally four. Or yeah, so yeah, four. I'll be, I'll be doing four, yeah. So what's it like coming back here uh, for off-season? And does it take time to climb your ice, i.e. to the 
the temperatures. Maybe not the last three weeks, right? No, I, we've been we've been blessed the last couple of weeks actually. So what's it like coming back then? Is it are you excited about it? Because like, well, maybe not last year, right? Because there was nothing on. But maybe perhaps yeah. this year. Were you, were, did, were you? How did you map out your summer? Because uh, it's panned out pretty well. Yeah, I mean, no, I didn't really envision the summer, but I thought I thought it could have happened. I like I absolutely love being at home. I think every every Irish golfer who loves being at home. I know like John Murphy, all these Mark Power, all these boys who are who've been out there for the last couple of years. I don't think any of them are sad to be coming home for the summer. Like summer in Ireland is is sensational. I, li- I live beside the beach here in Mornington, so I get to see like great views and, and especially the lineup we have with championships. I mean, we've played World Countdown, World Put Rush, La Hinch, all these like bucket list golf courses for many people of the world and we're playing them for 60 euro 60 euro for how many rounds you're getting in whether it's stroke play or match play um, and if you're so winning has, them, if you're winning them you're playing all week Alex yeah I know and I, I've, I've realised how tiring that can be um, so yeah I sort of I, I'd RCD also stroke play that well it was my first event so I had a month between me coming home and the first event and my game was in great shape. I played well. Um, but our city was one of those courses that, like, if you make one mistake, you can you can rack up a number, which I sort of thought I saw I saw on the sixth hole. I made an eight, just absolutely from out of nowhere, like picking the wrong line, line off the tee, then getting around the green, and the greens around there are severe. And it's like, if you're a little bit off, you can you can be away with the fairies for a while. So. I ended up coming seventh there, and I was like, right, I feel like my game's close. And then coming to the next week in Portumna, I, I, like a lot of these courses, my first time playing them, I, I, apart from Portrush, uh, Portumna was my first time playing, and then La Hinch was my first time playing. I hadn't, I hadn't been to these events before, um, and it was my first North too. So a lot of it, it was like, it's my first time playing all these events. I've played the courses maybe once or twice, but. Um, like the the lineup we have with championships this summer, and especially with, as I said, the weather we've been having for the last two three weeks, like it's hard not to enjoy being in La Hinch or being in Portrush for these sort of events when everybody in Ireland's going to trying to win these events and the atmosphere is great. So I mean, I love going on for these events in the summer. Connacht men's stroke play Portomna was that your first? Um, you might call it like senior men's title, was it? I would say, yeah, it's my first senior men's title, but I'd even say it's my first, like, win. I mean, I like, as I said, I've won Irishman at 14, but my dad said to me at the time, it was like, doesn't matter what you do when you're 14, it matters when you do when you're 20, 21, that counts. So I sort of, look, it, count, it maybe it counts as a win in, in a sort of family aspect, but I think Iconics was my first actual sort of win, so. And what was the timeline to the north of Ireland? Between Portumna uh, and uh, Port Rush. Portumna was, I think it was, what was it, the early June, and then I think in a month, I think. Yeah, yeah, and then maybe, maybe uh, three and a half weeks. The north was like mid-July, yeah. Exactly, so maybe three and a half weeks, four weeks um, between Portumna and, and Port Rush. And I actually, luckily I had that much time because I cracked my driver in, in the last round of Portumna. I I had the same, I had it for uh, on the ninth hole. Oh no, I don't know exactly what hole it was. I I noticed it on the ninth hole. Crack. I heard a crack out of it. I was like, oh my god, what's that? And I looked at the bottom of it, looking for something. I eventually found the crack. So, and luckily in the back nine, you hit it. Probably I hit it. I need mean, to hit it like once. twice more. I need to hit it I, yeah, twice I, more. You might have to. Do it yes, more. I was <laughs> once or twice with the right. And two holes were sort of, well. Eleven was wide open. Thirteen, I sort of had to. I was scared of where I was going to go. Luckily, it came out straight. So I cracked the driver there, and then. I couldn't get a replacement sim. So then the my the pro on Betty Sound, Scott Kirkpatrick, was very good. He said, Look, I'll give you the sim too. He he was gonna do the dirty work for me. He was gonna send the old head back and he gotta get a new one. So it would save me doing all the email and the tailor made. He gave me the sim too and I couldn't hit it out of my way. It was oh, it was horrendous. Like I was sort of playing this fade for the last couple of weeks and this thing was starting on my fade line and then drawing. Oh, you got to like Welcome back to being a 10 handicapper, right? Oh, I was like, I, you want to see it, you want to see it. Like, I was sort of going, oh, my God, like, driving is sort of the forefront of my game. If I can't drive the golf ball, I cannot play golf. I was saying this to my coach today. I was like, I, I was sort of contemplating, like, 
given up. No, 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 I wasn't going to give up, but I was like, give up on driver for a while, maybe. Yes, I was sure of. I was going. Oh my god, what is going on? Because I was, I was. Then I got worried. Well, was it me that was make? Because it was fading at the same, and I was like, well, was it the driver that was making the fade? Whereas I was underneath and I was flipping it, but it just happened because the crack made a fade. And then once I got an actual driver that was was working, that my path and my tendency showed up, and I was looking. I was like, oh my god, what? what? Like, I was rebuilding from zero. Luckily. I, I said, right, I went out at half, half seven in the morning, Betty sound on one of the holes, did like 40 drivers, I fiddled around with the loft and I got the, the sleeve right and I got the face angle right. And I, the, the eighth hole, the work. eighth hole is a short par four in late time, late time. I went up like a month, last month. Did you, yeah? In the evening. Yeah, is it the one, there's a, there's a big high tree on the right hand side. Oh, you need to be driving the hole. Is that the eighth or the ninth? Maybe the That's seven. 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 That's like, Yeah, I went down to 15. 15 is down by, the, you'll probably see the trees all up the right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. straight away hole. So that's where I sort of I look. Look, the chances of me losing golf balls here are quite slim. So I said, look, if, if, if I go to any other hole, you. Oh well, I'm going to any other hole, but sound I can lose balls a lot easier. Um, so I said, look, I got into the sort of widest hole, the straightest hole, fixed it, and then played around with it for, until Port Rush, and then getting the Port Rush, it sort of it sort of paid off anyway. I uh, I drove the ball quite well that week. How was the mindset going into the north? See, it was it was since it was three weeks after or four weeks after Connacht, I was I didn't have the expectation to win. I I had the confidence to win. I think was the main thing. I I, I don't mean to be cocky or sort of arrogant or whatever, but I said to my dad here, I played. I think I played Baltray with my friend Team Garrity and Pat Farrell, who was a member in in Baltray, invited me out. And I striped it around, absolutely flushed it around Baltray off, I think it was maybe the white tees. And I couldn't put, didn't hold a thing. And I think I was shot three or four under. And I was like, if I can't put, and I'm shooting three under, what could happen next week if I get that flat stick rolling? So I, I said to my dad, when I go home, we were sort of messing around. And I was like, look, that I'm going to win the work next week. You better get all the celebrations prepared for the Sunday. And I was joking around with him. But it was a joke. But it was also like that. Like I, I feel like I could win the North here. Now, two years ago, me saying I could win the North would have been would have been nonsense because I probably my game wasn't there. But the confidence was a huge thing going to the North. I, I although I, I got got off to a bad start at the Valley Course. I was three over through seventy and thinking, oh my god, like I can't, I can't miss the gut here. Although it's a very hard cut to make. You get three hundred lads going for sixty four spots. It's like you can, I said it like the start of the week I could play well here and Mr. Cut and then sort of try not to get too down yourself but I ended up hitting three wood on the last in the valley getting close to the green got up and down for birdie and then that was a catalyst for the next day I played flawless golf in, in the second round shot three under and the Deleuze um, qualify I think maybe a two or three on, on the cut and then get into match play and just I got an okay draw I played against a couple like tough competitors played Jazz Dunn in the first match and I know him quite well from Baltray and he's like a a greedy competitor. Um so I knew I had my work cut out for me. And since that match, my game plan in that match was like, right, I'll play my golf. He's gonna nip at me with birdies and pars and all these tough holes. He's not gonna go away. If I play my golf, I will win this I will win this game. And I said that for every match from there on in. It worked in the first match, worked in the second match and I said, look if it's working, I'm going to keep going with it. So I ended up winning the last 16 round, got into the quarterfinals, won that on, won that quite well. And then playing, uh, looking, I was playing on Peter O'Keefe in the semi-final. I was like, my mate, Peter, right. my mate, huh? your mate, my mate. Yeah. Yeah. I was sort of like, in my mind, that was my final. I was like, right. If I win this, I'm going to be tough to beat. Like I, I sort of, it, that would have given me so much confidence and it did like Peter I have a lot of respect for Peter like what he's done he's a very very top class amateur on for the last like maybe decade I'm not quite sure he's a, yeah, he's he's a pro he's a pro for years he was on exactly he's, he's, he's gone down back, he's gone back, down this but he's gone he's gone uh, there and back again I think is the title of his episode <laughs> exactly he, he's yeah. done it before so he knows like he knows how to win these games um, and I said look uh, <laughs> 
I didn't I didn't quite know. I knew it was going to be the hardest match of, of the week for me anyway until that point. And it was. And I think I was... He got up with me um, after 10. He hit, a, he, he hit like a... Now, I hope you know what mind me saying. It, but he hit like a slice of a tree with into the into rough on the right on 10 and I down the fairway and he had this one shot to like four feet and then I end up making par I think he made birdie I, I'm sorry I made bogey he made birdie and then he went one down and I'm like right this is where it starts and an eagle 11 to get back to all square and then he made a mess of the next hole and, and on on the scorecard now and people have asked me it went it went down as an eagle although I was 60 feet away so I'm not going to claim the eagle off him he conceded the hole so then it went up and then I parred the next for the win, parred 14 for the win. So I think I was three up with four to play. And then was it three or four? Three up with four to play. And I get to 15 and I hit, hit the bunker on the right, chip it out. Hit the flag was back right and hit probably the best shot under pressure that I've ever I've ever hit. It was sort of this low, sort of low to spin trajectory chip shot up the bank and it stopped and it donked my foot and I face pumped and my friends are all behind me they came up and my parent my dad came up and his friends came up I face pumped thinking like right all I have to do is part next and of course Peter being Peter and him being a great golfer he holds his 40 foot bomb for birdie and I'm like oh my god like just give us a break so then we go down 16 and you have 16 and then 17 and I have I should have been on 17 so but that was that was the toughest match of the week for me um, before the final and the final was just the final was was a great match me and Michael sort of going back and forth back and forth and until the last hole I said it in the interview until the last hole nobody was too up so like it was nobody played bad I think we were a couple under each and it was a long long battle to get to to get to the win but luckily I was absolutely delighted to win it one of the majors there's some nice names on that trophy isn't there yeah I like I looked through you got Larry Clark all these boys and Majimsey's won it five times I think maybe even more it's I was sort of sitting there like on the way while I was driving home like unfortunately to drive home I couldn't really soak into like a home and where I could relax then I got to the club and I was just sort of sitting there everyone around me was having a great time in the club and sat there around looking at the names of the trophy now and like my name's got to be on this for the rest of my life like until until I die until a new trophy it'll comes in it will be on it after that <laughs> it, it, it probably will be, <laughs> it will be. and even my, one of my mates says like like Alex your name's going to be in Port Rush's club forever like on, as soon as you walk in the door you walk down the hall it has North of Ireland champions in my name like have mine like thinking of having my name there was just sort of that was the one thing that made it all like settle in and like accept it that like well I have the trophy and all that sort of stuff and you don't really realise what's happened until like well my name's going to be there and having my name there was was the one thing that clicked and was like right well well now I'm North of Ireland champion how like it, it sort of changed things for me um, but yeah I, I sort of say it now with not nonchalance but um, maybe not as much acceptance but I, I absolutely I still can't believe like that I've won a, I've won a major and then back to back all that sort of stuff and I couldn't get it done last week but I think I was just, I was just a little bit too tired to they come back at a come back and fall in the quarters, but look. Before we talk before about before we talk about the South for a second, how many my waddies fit inside the North of Ireland trophy? How many wild waddies? Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot anyway. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think I. You didn't need the porn. You don't know. <laughs> no, I, I wasn't the one porn. I sort of gave the trophy to to my dad. I, I had to leave. <laughs> I come home after a port rush that night and go home maybe half eight, and then I had to leave. To go home to sleep because I was playing a damn honor the next day with my friend. So yeah. I had to leave the next day at half six and I had like little to no sleep. I was just absolutely shattered. So I didn't, I couldn't enjoy it as much as I guess my dad nice and my mom did. Nice, <laughs> nice way to celebrate with a, with a nice little Absolutely, day, yeah. yeah. I mean, I was, I was invited by my friend's, my friend's dad's friend. Um, he invited me out. So I mean, it was it was such an experience, but it was like if it was probably any other course, I probably would have cancelled it. I said, look, I'm going to go on the last year and have have my time, but because I was being invited out, and it's one of those experiences that you can't really pass off, and it probably may may not have happened again until who knows when. So I said, look, I'm going to forego this this celebration and go. But yeah, 
Oh, absolutely. So do you see the North maybe now after a couple of weeks on as like the platform to really to drive on and, and, and try and dominate the, the amateur scene in Ireland all by it when you're back here between semesters? Yeah, um, I sort of, yeah, I think winning, look, winning comics was amazing. It was, I was over the moon getting my first win. But then to back it up winning an even bigger event as the North is one of the most, like it's one of the majors in, in Ireland golf. To back it up winning that, knowing that my game was good enough to beat anybody, like it, it gave me so much belief and confidence. And going into the South, like I was, as, as soon as I made the cut, I was sort of thinking like, I, I don't think anybody here can beat me if I play my game. Um, unfortunately, I did get beat eventually, but you know that, that sort of. A you still went very far. There was a semi-finals you got to again. I, I got to the quarters. Yeah, quarters, I yeah. Paul Conroy, one of my good mates. He uh, he got off to a flyer and sort of kept it up for the whole round. And my game wasn't there. I sort of had a couple of loose swings and tired swings for the back nine that sort of kept me out from from making a comeback. But look, I I think it served as a great week. Came down there and like it was. Uh, Tuesday and then having a couple of points on the 19th and it was my first sort of experience of the Hinch and I was I absolutely enjoyed it like I yeah I was here around the town during that like walking to the shop with like a golf hat on people wishing you luck so people maybe people recognised me from the week before saying well done good luck this week all that sort of stuff like you wouldn't get there anywhere else and the Hinch was, was an absolute beautiful place to be in for a week no, Debbie. So what does the rest of the summer the next few weeks or months before you head back to Florida what does it look like for you uh, I'll play Mullingar now this weekend on Sunday, Monday. Um, that's, almost that. like the, that's almost like the, the fifth major, isn't it? Now, they, won't, they won't like me saying that, but I just got like the yes. North, East, West. Is, they're my four, right? And then yeah, and then you've got some, some names on that, isn't there? Uh, yeah, well, Mullingar, I'd say, I'm not sure if it's the most prestigious, but the names on that are like, you've got Rory, Larry, Clark, all these, all the, all the, who's the who? major winners are on that. Like, so to add my name to that would be would be another name country. So I'll play in Mullingar and then I'm going to forego the close before I go back to the States. I'm going to spend time with my friends and family before I go back. Um, I think I'm going back on the 17th or 18th of August. So okay. I will be having a lot of rest and downtime before I leave. Um, just make sure the body's correct before I go back to the States. No, dead right. So you, I think you might have alluded to it already, but what was the hardest shot or maybe time in your life, it might have been actually moving to the States, but maybe the shot or, or a period in your life when you've had to like perform under pressure, and why? The hardest shot under pressure. That's make me think about this one. I I would say, no, it was just, it was in Connacht, I think. I'm at, I'm now it's, it's the, probably one that's come fresh in my mind. Go for it. I'll give you two, actually. If you one in Connacht and one in Portrush, because both of them sort of equal importance. The one, I hit a... I had bogeyed 16 in the last round of Portumna, and I was... That brought me back to, let me think, four under, and I know a couple... I think Liam Nolan or Jack McDonald was seven. And I knew I needed to go birdie, but if I parried 16 and birdie birdie, I would have had a, a very good chance of trying to win it. I bogeyed 16, and I got up on 17, a little bit deflated. And Paul Coughlin, actually, credit to him, he says to me, right, Alex, birdie, birdie. I'll get in here and see what happens. Um, so I end up hitting port 70 into Port Tumna is no easy hole. It is you're in four and off. <laughs> you're in four, you know yourself, you're in four and off. I've a couple of times at Young Marta, yeah. Oh, yeah, Sam, yeah. Uh, you're like, you're hitting, you're hitting this four and off tee, and then you got to lay up with a six iron. And now I got the wind wrong. It was more off the left than into. It'll play it into uh, the whole week. And that makes it tough, that wind on seven. Exactly. Yeah. And I was playing into the whole week. And then it, it, I didn't notice it because I was so sort of zoned in. It had switched more off the left. And on the previous hole on 16, I like hooked this four and like 60 yards left. Horrendous shot, like sort of pressure swing got to me. So I'm standing there with a six iron in my hand going, right, I don't really want to hook it left in the tree last ball. So I said, look, I'm going to just hit it on my line. I played the whole exact same way, the whole four and three rounds. Do it again. Hit the six iron and toss Caffrey, the golf file photographer is behind me, saving pictures, and I hit it. And I see it go up in the air. I'm like, happy days. So I sort of look back at the river, tie in the river, go back to my bag. And I look back up and it's sort of creeping towards the water. I'm going, 
this can get very close to the water and now look maybe luck was on my side so it landed say maybe 10 feet from the water and rolled two feet right so instead of taking a firm bounce took a soft bounce so it stayed above the hazard line and I had 165 to this back right flag like knowing I need birdie and I was it was one of those things that was so happy like I was so happy that I pulled it off like you you wanted so much that sometimes it can hinder you hitting a good shot you get so worked up on wanting it so much but I wanted it so much but I was able to zone in at the same time hit this 8 iron 165 to maybe 5 feet and then held that putt and that was maybe one of the best shots of my life so far to that point but then it sort of I topped it maybe a month later in, in Port Roach <laughs> yeah I know it's, it's funny how things turn around that quickly huh? I uh, I would say I made I made the oh, power you top that shot. I touched between you top the shot, and I was like, oh, no, sorry, no, the world is to top and top and no, golf no, balls. No, 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 no. I, like, as in, like, I trumped it. I'd say, <laughs> good man. I'll, uh, so, getting the poor rush, I I I made a power on fourteen. We're looking like I I lost it. Like I looked like I hit it way left, and I, my friends found it. I laid up and I got it up and down. I made four. He made five. So that's where I turned the tournament for me. But then getting on seventeen t. You want to see the fog up there in Port Rush in the final. The weather was spectacular the whole week. Maybe you have a Tupelo wind and it was 24, 25 degrees. Nothing you could have asked for about it. You ideal. need a bit of wind. Ideal. Yes, exactly. Absolutely ideal for, for golf. Tupelo wind for and testing links. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. So you can play around with the ball on, on, on the turf and up in the air. So I got 17 and we can't see we can't see 100 yards ahead of us because the fog was too bad. And we sort of played on the last couple of holes just to sort of because he didn't really want to be postponed or like suspended for four holes left. We sort of wanted to get it done. And seven eight rolls around and I'm standing there level all square, two holes to play going, I can't see, like, I'm sure it may, maybe, you know, in Portrush, the 17th, there's a pole behind the green in between the 13th part three and 17th that like gives you a line to the green. And it was down off the left wind and the fog had cleared for I'd say maybe 20 seconds and I could see the pole vaguely and I said to Michael and the GY official the referee we was there I said look I'm going to give this another 20 seconds 30 seconds hopefully the fog clears off so then we both hit it where we can see and then lo and behold the fog comes back in and couldn't see the pole couldn't see there's a bush at the start of the fairway I could only see that so I sort of picked the line and it was one of those swings that there was no there was no um friction in it like the whole body fluidly just got out of pure the way flow. pure flow exactly ever just got out of the way at the perfect time came out of the screws oh this thing came out with high fade right where I wanted it and now I couldn't see it fall like there was no point looking at the ball because like, I I was up to it was with the gods down where, where it landed because I couldn't see it um, Michael hits on and I get up there and my ball's on the green and I'm like my god like chance here to put to go one up and of course Michael being Michael he hits it to six seven feet for birdie so i had this sort of snake of a putt it goes up the hill on the left and then it'll break right down the hill and then it breaks left at the end from 40 feet well there's a, there's a video by the line actually um this 35 40 footer and it was one again going back to portona i wanted it so much but i was able to zone back in and bring it back to what it actually was and it's one thing that me and my coach don't work on a lot is like what is this putt is it what like what is it actually is it a six foot putt to win or is it a six foot putt left lip just that like that's all it is like this putt you can make this putt mean nothing and it'll clear your clear your mind of everything clear your mind of the consequences of what could happen if it goes in or if it misses so it's going back to this process sort of thing that I've been doing for the last while. And I just sort of go, right, all I have to do is get up on this crown, let it fall down, and it'll break back to the left. And I sort of, for a while, I forgot about everything. I forgot about the crowd. I forgot about being in the final in 17. I forgot about everything. All I do, all I went back to was look at the ball going right. If I just roll it on that line, it'll go in. And I hit it. Gets on the line, and I'm like, and then all these, all these thoughts come back to my mind. Okay, if this goes in, I'm, I'm one up, one to play. All like, mid roll. Crowds here, everyone's here, my family's here, all this sort of stuff. You know, like, <laughs> I was just overcoming emotion. Then it goes in, and I'm overjoyed. So I'd say that. I say that now, 
Sorry? <laughs> I'd say that Trump's Porto now, right? Yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd say too. I, I, I'm going to say those two shots anyway. The, well, the hole in, on 17 in, in, uh, in Port Roche tops the one in, uh, in Port Sumner. But Maybe you're a man I, for the 17th hole then. Hard? Maybe you're a man for the 17th. It hole. could be. It could be. The, yeah. I, like you could be doing that now on the 17th, the next yeah. next week in Mullingar. You so never if know. You ever playing Alex Maguire, folks? Be wary on the 17th <laughs> hole. I'll get you on that one. Anything can happen until the 17th. Once I get the yeah. 17th, yeah. hopefully you don't get going until 17th. That's me. <laughs> Although sometimes that could be too late now. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully not on that next week. Come here to me, Alex. Quick for our Q and A. Are you ready? Absolutely. Go on. What would your walk on song be? Uh, seven is it Seven Nations Army or I'm not sure what the seven song is Army. that's vintage for yeah. the likes of you that, that, that was around a my ago let alone you yeah no I love that song it gets me going anyway Jim or pizza Jim what's the pizza like in Florida uh, it's quite good a lot of wood fire stuff there's like a blaze or a chain it's, it's, it's okay like I mean it's not great but it's, it'll do hat visor or a Keelan Rafferty bucket hat <laughs> actually, speaking, of, I actually wore a hat. They both had bucket hat last week in senior cup, so I might be making a turn towards bucket hat. But I, I'd be saying I'd say cap more so cap. Come oh, in, happy Gilmore or tin cup. Now everybody watched Happy Gilmore once and haven't watched Tin Cup at all, so I'm gonna go Happy Gilmore. Well, that's home up the weekend. <laughs> I know. Tin Cup, yeah. change your world. I'd say so. If we were having the point, half the conversation is Tin Cup quotes. That's me. I know. I'm pretty sure. Me and I know, folks, is Tin Cup. I've been, I've, I've been, I've been told to watch it. Me and Wes had the time, but I still haven't got around to it. So hopefully now the next that's point, the podcast starts at Tia. <laughs> that's where it's from. That's it? where it's from. So there you go now. Right, right. Alex McGuire, Le Hinch or Port Marnock? Oh dear. Um Port say nothing. Walk or cart? Walk. Win the open or win the masters? Win the open. Instagram or Twitter? Instagram. Play or practice? Play, definitely. Anyone. Final question. You're after a day, we'll say it's in a couple of weeks' time actually when you're spending some family time. Right. Right. Um, and you're planning dinner and you can have whoever you want. Six people at the table, which is you're at the top, the head of the table, and three people down each side. Okay. Who makes the cut? Anybody in the whole world. Anybody in the world, dead, alive, celebrity, golfer, right. fictional. Okay. And we presume you've had family dinner the night before. Right, okay, so family's out of it, right. So we'll, we'll leave the family side. Um, I would have. I'd have Shane Larry there, he's a bit of crack. I'd have six lads. Or ladies. Or ladies, yeah. Mm-hmm. That could be different dinner. Um, I would say I would have Leonardo DiCaprio there. Big fan of his. Uh, I would have... I would like to say Conor McGregor, but I, I, that's very cliche. I'm not sure if he had much to the party. I think he's been, he, at, he's been at a few parties. I'd say give him a curf. I'd say give him a curfew. Yeah, I'd say so because exactly he might get a bit too loud. That's true. Um, right, three to go. Who's on the other side? Three. Let's see. We put him on a spot here, buddy. No harm. Um, I would have. I'd like to have either Jack Nicholas or Arnold Paul. I'll probably go Jack Nicholas. Just or I'd love to hear all those old stories and all that sort of stuff. And it's not the biggest work. Not, I would say a golf nerd, but I love hearing stories of what golf was back then. So I'd probably have Jack Nicholas. I would have. Uh, I love Dan Kennedy, so I have Dan Kennedy there. And last one. Last one. Right, it's a big one then. Um, I'd have Roy Keane Roy Keane there's, there's plenty fight at that table I'll give you that yeah, it's from, I'm all about, I'm all about the controversy fight, fight party stories that's what it is oh uh, yeah your dinner. That's, oh. that's all I'm here for I don't want a boring dinner I want the crack and I want a bit of drama and at the end maybe a little little fight or something oh, absolutely well you go enjoy Mullingar the rest of your summer spend some time with your family thank you I enjoy will, Florida because you only get to do thank it you. once as, a, as an athlete I know athlete. thank you very exactly. much for your time thank you very much buddy always nice to speak to champion thank you thanks very much thanks for having me on look forward to meeting you soon and teen it up for real hopefully
That was Alex Maguire, North of Ireland 2021 Amateur Champion, Champion of Port Rush, and put in a good shift in Mullingar um, last week. Top 10, I believe, so fair play to Alex. Consistency is key. And um, keep an eye on Mr. Maguire. Uh, let's all keep an eye on Mr. McGuire and uh, root for him and keep track of him stateside. And when he comes back next summer to possibly make another major west of Ireland, of course, still up for grabs this summer. So we wish him the very best. And But he will be up against next week's interviewee, which is Toe Strike or TJ Ford who's a South of Ireland champion and also did quite well in Mullingar just missed out by a shot um, but we get into TJ's journey getting back into golf um, while having a full time job so one of the few amateurs actually who isn't a full time amateur uh, actually has a day job so uh, hopefully we can all tune in next week for a chat with TJ but thank you all for listening this week I hope you got some value out of the chat with Alex um, head over to Instagram I'm planning a trip up north my first venture north of the border to play some golf I have some some marquee courses laid out uh, quite a confined trip it's a four day hall pass I have from from Mrs. Paddy Talks Golf as she finally calls herself not she hates that term um, Mrs. Lynch but um, yeah look thank you all for, for listening uh, we will have a weekly cadence now pretty much through to to Christmas bar work getting too hectic um, but we have that one covered we compartmentalise quite well so if you like the show please share it with your family your friends your work colleagues your golf whatsapp groups um, it really really helps listenership is up it's steadily increasing and, and the charts are well they talk for themselves so thank you all for listening so far tell a friend about the show if you see me in person, met a few people down in the dare last week or a couple of weeks ago. And um, yeah, come up, rock up, say hello. It's always great to hear from you. Give your feedback. Let me know what you want to hear, who you want to hear from. And I always carry extra seat golf balls. So there's always uh, a seat golf ball for you if you come up and say hello. And that's it for me. I'll let you get back to your day, your drive, your walk. Or maybe you're listening to me in the background as you cook a carbonara. And um, whatever you're doing... Uh, enjoy it and um, spend more time with your family make some memories try try play some golf all right i'll leave it there until we teed up again soon i'm Daddy.